Ian, how are you? Good, Craig. How are you today? Yeah, pretty good. Welcome to episode seven. And did you know there's only 12 days to Cyber Monday, Ian? Yes, I would have not realized if HubSpot hadn't spent, sent a special countdown timer. And you can all go check it out at hubspot.com slash holiday. There you go. I really like this actually because they've put together a really nice campaign. They're so good at pulling these campaigns together with lots of useful resources. Yeah, I really like what they've done. So, yep, check that yeah, out. Yeah, so definitely go have a look, download those resources and use use them. Exactly. So, Craig, um, very important question for this episode was how was James Bond and Spectre? Uh, Spectre was very good. I was... I was very happy with it, actually. Yeah, I was, I was, it's been getting mixed reviews, some really good, some really bad. Uh, but I really liked it. I was really happy. I wasn't such a fan of Skyfall, I have to say, the previous one, but this one was good. And look, I did my best to try and think of some way to tie it into inbound marketing, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't contrive it. You know how they, you know, whenever some blockbuster comes out and there's always those blog posts like uh, what the Hunger Games taught me about personal branding, blah, blah. You know, those kind of clickbait <laughs> posts. Oh, yes, I know about that. I, I generally don't read them now because they're so bad. But um, in the past, I just go, oh, man, clickbait. So I've resisted the temptation to try and do that this episode. Very so. good. You just enjoyed Spectre for what it was, wasn't I, it? I did. Which means we can go straight on to our inbound thought of the week. Yeah, that's right. And I think this is a good one. It's um, focusing on results instead of activity. And now there's a really good blog post about it. Do you want to talk about that, Craig? Yeah. So this is actually, uh, and this is not a new thing. The, the blog post we're going to point to is actually from uh, 2013, but it's only got worse since then. And it's just highlighting this problem that happens uh, in companies where they focus too much on activity, marketing activity, and not not enough on business outcomes. And the reason that we're talking about that, uh, this is part of the inbound thought of the week, is because it comes back to what we said way back in episode one, when we were talking about what we noticed, key takeaway from inbound, the conference. And that was just that U.S. companies and the agencies in particular dealing with U.S. marketing teams and that they're so focused on results. It's all about leads, leads, leads and return on investment. And we've seen that in the state of inbound report as well, which we've uh, discussed many times. Just this idea that focusing on business outcomes and ROI is what the leaders and the great companies and the great marketers are doing. And yet, even though we know that, it's actually small in percentage, the number of companies that actually do focus on it. And we've, I've come up, up against this last week just in a quarterly review with a client. And uh, I know you've had similar experiences and we're going to kind of chat about that later in the challenge of the week. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting issue that uh, companies have, isn't it? That, yeah, it is. And I'll read out a little bit of an excerpt of what that was in that post. Yeah. It said just 9% of CEOs and 6% of CFOs leverage marketing data in this manner. So the reason is marketing dashboards report marketing activity rather than business outcomes. As marketers cling to performance metrics to continuously justify budgets and resource allocations, when instead they should show how marketing moves the needle on the top line growth or profitability. You know what? I think that really sums it all. 
market. That's really the end goal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And there you go, the small percentages. CEOs, so even top management and that aren't, aren't taking that marketing data into account. And you know what? This comes down to having buy-in from everybody, not just some people. Right. So, all right, excellent. More, so on that, more on that a little bit later. But yeah, let's yes. move on to our HubSpot tip of the week. So HubSpot tip of the week, and I think not 100% sure this is out of beta, but like on the campaign screen about notifying teammates. So when a campaign's ready, you can actually, there's a link on the top right where you can actually go and click notify your teammates. And what happens is it actually sends them an email notifying them that the campaign's ready, tells them what landing pages are being used and what emails are being used and they can click directly to it. Right. So I think it's a great feature and keeps everybody in the loop yes. and they know exactly what's going out. So no one's ever in the dark about what's going on. So just to check on this, so this is you're in the campaigns uh, screen uh, under yes. contacts and then you've actually gone, so your list of campaigns in HubSpot, list of campaigns That's and right. you've actually drilled into a specific campaign which has all the setup information and you've got a notified team members link from That's that. Right. Yeah, On the cool. top right-hand side, it's just before clone. Cool. And so I would recommend people to check that out. Very helpful. Yeah. So you had a good one from last week. I'll leave this to you, Craig. Page performance. So the page performance report or tool is back under the reports menu. And the reason I'm raising this is because I think it was two shows ago in episode five when I was talking about digging into blog posts and pages around the CTA percentages. Um, that was available from landing pages. And so the reason I'm mentioning this is because one of the great things that we love about HubSpot is how it's continually being developed and improved and they're always rolling out new features. So one of the things they did recently is they took the page performance tool away from the reports menu and they kind of hit it down under the landing pages section and there was a bit of outcry. I think um, uh, Marcus and George from the Hubcast kind of raised a yes. bit of feedback, shall we say, for HubSpot about this. And basically HubSpot said, yep, great, okay, good feedback. And there was a lot of people tweeting around it. And so they've put it back under the, under the reports menu so you can get to it. And so the other side effect from that, though, is back a few episodes when I talked about two different reports, the page tracker and the blog tracker report, they're actually now combined back into the page performance tool. So I don't know if that's a tip or more an update, but uh, I think it's really good because it, it shows how HubSpot responds to um, user feedback. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I think that's great. And just shows the agility of the team to do these kind of things. Yeah, exactly. All right, Craig, challenge of the week. Now, I think we discussed this a little bit earlier yeah. about focusing on results instead of activity. Give me a little story. Okay. So this is this little anecdote, shall we say, is just a challenge I came up against last week. I was doing a quarterly review with a client. So we kind of have monthly reviews with the marketing team and then a quarterly review with upper management. And in this, so I was in there talking about leads, and this company is doing quite well. Lots of leads, really good results, business outcomes. So, Craig, when you say doing very well, lots of leads, what are we talking like? We're talking like ten or oh, right. like in the hundreds. This is in the hundreds. This company has wow. hundreds, yeah, in the hundreds of leads per month. Yep. They're doing well. And so when you're getting that kind of 
momentum, shall we say. Um, the questions that I'm expecting to talk about in reviews are around lead quality and conversion rates and things like that. But it kind of struck me, I was in the meeting and I'd kind of prepared and the marketing people, the marketing director was there with me and we were chatting, we'd kind of prepared to talk about results. And the general manager wanted to know some of the specifics about rankings for keywords and what's a new keyword that we're ranking for. Okay. And um, what's a general ranking for? And it was kind of, it just caught me off guard because it was about what are we doing activity wise about tracking certain keywords and there was no real focus on well, what's the what's that leading to? What's the outcome? Or what's how's that improving business? So I was kind of struck by it. Mm, so am I. Yeah, and then wanting to know well, what what keywords are we moving away from organic and now onto AdWords? What keywords are we actually targeting on um, AdWords? And and what's some of the ads that we're using? And it was kind of very much activity based. Like, what are you doing? Almost to a micro level, which I thought was. Well, I'm going to say it was a challenge. I thought it was very interesting, but it kind of struck me that the the focus was really just about what what am I doing rather than what what is the result that we're getting, you know, that we were getting for this um, client. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a really kind of interesting challenge, but as we discussed at the start, it's not that uncommon. It sounds like that's the norm and that is kind of the behavior of upper management in general. Have you had similar experiences with clients or? I certainly have over the years. And I think what's interesting, I think it all comes down to when you shift the focus. So I had a customer that was very focused on, you know, where are we ranking or I need to be number one to a very sales. So once I started working with the guys in operations, they actually started measuring sales, measuring conversion on the sales side. So, you know, okay, we got say we got 100 leads off the web this this month, you know, 50 were phone calls, how many led to a quote, how many of those quotes actually turned into business. And when everything focused around that, then we didn't have those conversations around what keywords are we ranking for. Right. So it was kind of an education process that you took them down? Yeah, more so a process of because they were very operations focused. Mm. And when I started working with the operations, the head of operations, who was interested in sales because money in the door was mattered to them. Yeah, sure. When the focus shifted, then, you know, we will talk about the quality of the leads. You know, what what were people ringing up and saying? So were people ringing up and asking the same questions? So do we need to address that on the website? And I think these are the really common things that I always tell people when, even on your website, don't be afraid to try things like live chat because you know what? You will pick up very quickly if people are going to a particular page and not getting the answer that they want. Or you'll see a common thread of people saying, well, where do I find information about this product? Or how much does this cost? Yeah. Don't nice. be afraid to don't be afraid to actually stipulate that. Now I think why it's important is that, you know, you're saving time for people who are on managing your website or people who are actually on the website browsing, if you can give them what they want. And also you shift the focus internally because people are now thinking, well, how do I make this more efficient? So I think that's really the key. But you're absolutely right. I think it's something that we as leaders need to do and I think even people within businesses need to shift their focus 
Yeah, well, I, I like those examples used because actually, in a sense, any activity that they relate to is around dry, the whole point of maybe talking about the activity that you're doing there is because it's highlighting the reason you're doing it. We're doing live chat. It's not we're doing live chat full stop. We're doing live chat because that allows us to get feedback that then we can use to improve content, which drives better conversions, et cetera, et cetera. So that's actually almost... Uh, a good way of talking about activity because then you are alerting them to the outcome. So it's focusing on the outcome. So I really like that example. That you've totally. Given. And I also love when, and this has happened a few times to a few clients where I said, let's give it a try. Just try it out, see what happens. They have the live chat and they are actively on it or actively available. And most of our clients you know, have a, some sold product and some even sold a couple of houses in a couple of weeks just by being there when no one else was there. Nice. That's a good result. So, yeah, I think that's really important. So, you know, I'd love to know what people think about it because I'm sure that we're not the only people that face this challenge on a daily basis. Exactly. All right, Craig, tip of the week. It's something I discovered. Yeah, this is a good one. And this is related to if you've actually got a HubSpot website so you're running on the hubspot website platform now at inbound they did mention that they were going to have the ssl feature so this is the secure secure or security for your website so what's really important is that i thought i could just go and turn it on and i discovered very quickly i couldn't right so i i feel in a support query thinking that I had no idea what I was doing. And it was really interesting because I got this um, response back saying, oh, yeah, you must request it via this form. And then you need to obviously make some changes on your DNS, et cetera. So there's a bit of setup to do, but very interesting. I thought it was going to be click a button, let's go, but fill out the form, give me your name, details, and your hub ID, and then they'll get it done for you. Right, that is interesting because I, like you, I thought it was just a tick, turn it on, tick a switch kind of, tick a checkbox kind of thing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you, and it's quite interesting, in that email I got, it said actually because there's such a high demand for the functionality, it may take up to four weeks to complete. So be aware of that. Wow. So to me that sounds crazy. However... I do remember when I think Damesh was talking about it in the keynote, he was saying there's a whole bunch of stuff that they've done to do it properly, I think was his words. So we can often think, oh, it's just put a cert, you know, uh, SSL cert on the, on the server. Yeah, we're good to go. But I got the impression from him there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes that they've put in place to do it properly, whatever that means. And therefore that must have this overhead and extra stuff. He was saying there's a fair bit of cost that they've incurred to, to put this in place. So mm. that, that's almost a HubSpot tip of the week, isn't it? Because um, the tip is you have to fill out this form. If you're looking for the, Correct. the quick checkbox, then you, no, you're not going mad. Yeah, so I'll save people the time and we'll put a link to the form. Cool. And uh, it, would you generally recommend that people do enable SSL on their sites? Are there pros and cons? Look, I would. Um, I don't know whether there's a massive con again, a con. So I would say do do it. 
and um, measure the results and see what happens. But everything points that it is important and Google says that um, they're obviously favoring SSL at the minute. So, mm, Okay. I, you know what, just thinking about it, because there's two main things that um, I consider when t- thinking about should a site go SSL. One is redirects from non to the SSL, just to make sure that they all redirect as 301s, which if I'm getting a bit technical here, but just to make sure the redirects are done properly, I'll bet that's part of the work that Damesh is talking about that they do do properly to make sure all that switches you know nicely. You're probably quite right, Craig. Yeah, so that's probably one of the things, and so hopefully HubSpot's taken that whole pain off off the table for you. The second thing, though, just to be aware of is that if you have a lot of social shares on your site, so you've got those social counters, Facebook shares and Twitter shares and all that kind of thing, um, if you do switch over to SSL and all your URLs change, then those social counts will actually go to zero because most of the social graphs um, look on a per URL basis. And so if you do switch to HTTPS with the SSL, that your URL has actually changed. So social counts will actually go to zero. So just something to be aware of. For a lot of people, that's actually not not an issue. And so they're kind of like, oh, I don't mind. But yeah, that's one of the considerations. That's very good, Craig. It's something I didn't pick up. Just something to be aware of. It'll affect some people. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I think that redirect thing is also very important because I think that's the biggest thing that I notice people forget today when they upgrade sites or do things is they forget the redirects to tell Google that things have moved. Yeah, that's right. So. In an ideal world, Google would go, oh, yeah, I see what you've done there. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that all into account. But as smart as Google is, they're not that smart. No. All right. Um, all right. State so of inbound. It's our favorite. What are we talking about this week? It's only a brief one this week. Yes. So I think uh, if we're talking instead of inbound, page 18 and the bottom of page 20 about emerging trends. And I think the big thing is that inbound works across B2B, B2C and nonprofit sectors. So I think that's really key. I think nonprofit always isolates itself and says, well, we're not selling something or we're doing, we're, we're doing something different. But really, I think it really highlights the how it does work across different sectors, and I think that's really the key. Yeah, I thought that was a good uh, good reminder as well. So sometimes you might think, oh, I'm in an industry where inbound wouldn't work. Uh, that's not what the data shows. Whatever your industry, it, it helps. Probably should just backtrack a bit and just explain what the state of inbound report is in case you haven't come across it. We talk about it each week. But in, uh, Ian, do you want to summarise quickly what the State of Inbound report is? Yes, look, it's a report that HubSpot does every year and it basically surveys all of their customers and and other people who practice inbound and they put that together. And what happens is this year they've actually split it up into a marketing part and a sales part. So you can really understand what's going on. And I think there's been a really big focus on sales and that's why we're seeing this split in this report. So I would encourage everyone to have a look. I think we've got a link on our site. Stateofinbound.com. Go and check it out, yeah. Yeah, lots of really good information. And then I, I think one of the really big things also, they've tried to break it down by region. So like obviously we're in the 
Australia and New Zealand and we're part of also Asia Pacific and they've got Europe and America. So, Yeah, I like that too. Worth, worth um, checking that for APAC um, stats as well. Yep. Yep. All right, motivation of the week. We haven't had this for a, for a couple of weeks now, but uh, we've got, got it back, motivation of the week. And this is a link to a post on Medium. Um, so what is Medium, Craig? Medium.com. Oh, that's actually, it's a really good site. Um, it's what would I call, I would say it's a combination. If you combined Blogger, remember Blogger.com, the blogging platform? If you combined Blogger with Twitter, you'd get something like Medium. So it's basically a social network for content writers. And it's it's basically people writing good content about interesting things. And it's very, very low on spam and noisy rubbish. And most of the articles that um, get well, it's not voted up, but they're kind of like recommended is their terminology, similar to a like, I guess, on Facebook, but is is good content written by often um, leaders in industry. There's a lot of startup and entrepreneurial stuff there. There's a lot of writers, as in writers for a living, writing lots of useful things. It's, uh, I, f- I find it fascinating. I Often at night I just sit there on my, on my phone and I'm going to bed. I'm just reading articles on Medium because I find it really useful content. And this one here that we're going to link to in the show notes is a, a post by Gary Vaynerchuk who is a bit of an internet celebrity in some ways, um, quite famous for his wine TV show and and using social media to promote his business and he's got a whole brand and uh, media company behind him now. Um, And this is a post where he basically gets asked by people, how do I build my personal brand? How do I do all this? And the reason I've put it in Motivation of the Week, this episode, is because his answer is just work hard, work really hard because he worked for 10, 15 years really hard and then started getting results and he still works really hard. And the reason I really like this is because quite often you see these posts or overnight successes, shall we say, that, you know, the the overnight success that took 15 years uh, and there's all these shortcuts that people try to use to get branding and exposure and all this and... uh, basically there are no shortcuts and when you read all the successful people they've worked really hard they've persevered hard and i find that really motivating because well i i think i work hard i think you work hard and it's 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 not as though we're doing it in in vain so i really liked it work hard that's my motivation i think that's good and i'll I'll highlight a few things that he said in there Mm. um Obviously, the title is very apt. It says, stop asking me about your personal brand and start doing some work. Yep. And then one of the most highlighted things within the thing is is there is no substitute for honest hard work. So again, very, very, very descriptive there. But um, I think, you know, there were some tips that he had given, like there were seven tips. And one of the first one was decide if you're ready to put yourself out there, which I thought, hmm, okay. So do you really want it? Mm-hmm. Um, number two, use email marketing to its full advantage. Number three, make video content. And then number four, in fact, create as much content as possible. And again, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. Quality versus quantity. Exactly, yeah. 
Um, number five was never automate, which I thought was really interesting. And I think Craig, you told me it was not about automating our systems, but more about other things that we're doing in social. Is yeah, right? it's it's things like not relying on automation of following trending hashtags. You know how sometimes brands just have this, it's almost like they just have an, an alert for a trending hashtag and they jump onto it without even yeah. understanding context. That's all automated. He's saying don't do that stuff because it's dumb and it actually gets you into hot water. Mm. Obviously, okay. if there's stuff that you can systematize and automate, it, he's not saying don't do that. He's saying do do that actually. Yeah. Anything, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then number six was keep scaling your content. And number seven is to hustle. Now, everybody in Australia knows about hustling. <laughs> How do you hustle, Craig? You know, I, I'm not comfortable with the word, I, I have to say. I, I don't think I hustle. And well, I definitely don't hustle enough. I think I yeah. should be hustling more because it seems uh, I've been hearing that word lately. People are hustling, and I've always associated it with something. Um, I don't know. A bit, uh, yeah, as not as not as a good term, you know. Not as favourable as our friends in America think about it. Yeah, so I think it might be context. I think over there it's it's got a much nicer connotation and yes. and, and is associated with hard work. You know, I'm hustling, yes. I'm getting the leads, I'm working hard. Correct. I think here I think of it as secondhand car, used car dealer kind of thing, hustling <laughs> me, you know? So I think... I think it might be hustling you, Craig. Oh, my, my, is that what I'm thinking <laughs> of? Is that as well? So, yeah, no, in, in the good sense of the word hustle, I don't think I do enough. I have to do yeah. some more. No, I agree. And I think it's it's really the key. I mean, we I talk about having many channels, like obviously online is a channel, paid advertising is a channel, inbound is a channel, podcasting is a channel, you know, and mm. hustling is really getting out there and and talking to even talking to people, putting yourself out there, having those conversations, and even connecting with the right people. I think that's really key. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you a story is because we connected with somebody who we you know we did just a very minute amount of work, mm-hmm. and we just took the time to actually get to know them. Right. And what was really interesting is that they had somebody who was speaking at a training day that they were having and they pulled out and they were talking about digital and social. And so what ended up happening is they ended up emailing us saying, hey, this person's pulled out. Do you want to come and talk? Now, I could tie that back to just say, look, it's because we actually cared enough to just go and, hey, what do you do? And this is what we do. And, you know, leave it at that without pushing them to do anything. But I would say that that's led to an opportunity for us. Mm. That's really cool. So I guess in, I guess what you're saying there is hustling is equated with, you're equating hustling with helping people. Yeah, and networking. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a much better association. I like that. Are, all you, right. are you helping people enough? Are you hustling? That's, right. yeah, that's cool. what it's all about. All right, Craig, yep. to resource of the week. Okay, just uh, just linking through to a blog post on the HubSpot blog, um, <laughs> as we often do, because... Damn it, they have so much good stuff there. But you like this. You know why? I think it's because it hooks in and there's a part that actually connects straight into HubSpot. Yes. So, oh, sorry, did you want to expand on that a bit or did you want me, want me to No, talk? I think what I'm saying is that I think what 
all these tools we're talking about are actually integrating really nicely into the system. Yeah, right, right. I think that's really the key. So it's what are all these key elements that we work with on a daily basis that we can integrate that will make our life simpler and also add value to the reports that we're producing. So are we getting a full customer perspective on this? The post on HubSpot was talking about proposal tools. And so this is more of a sales focus, uh, but I think it is of interest to marketers as well because um, as we've talked about many times, marketing can help with putting together collateral and pieces of content that sales can use. However, this um, blog post was more, more aligned towards sales users and it's around proposal tools. And so that was interesting enough. But the reason I've mentioned it here is because the first one that was mentioned in that list was a, a tool called Proposify. I think that's how you pronounce it, Proposify, Proposals, so you Proposify. And they're an uh, online SaaS kind of tool. Um, I've, just, I've just signed up for the trial, actually. I'm, I'm not specifically promoting this tool, although it does look pretty good. I've just signed up for the trial. But the reason I'm mentioning it is because they had a really cool ebook uh, which I downloaded, talking about proposal stats. Because they've got this online platform, they kind of are able to look across the data of all the people using their tools to create proposals. Mm-hmm. And they pulled together some interesting stats. And... Um, some of them were um, – I'll just pull out two of them, highlight yeah. two of them. And uh, proposals delivered in four days are 11% more likely to close. So that was a stat. And we would intuitively think that the quicker you can get a proposal out, the more likely it is to close. Well, they've got the stats to prove it uh, yeah. across tons of different clients. I thought that was really interesting. Then the other interesting thing I thought they, that they highlighted was that winning proposals – had just one to two fees in them, so not a huge pricing page, but just one to two fees. They had five pages on average and they had four sections. So quite simple and small, in a way, proposals. And um, these weren't just tiny proposals, by the way. A lot of these were in tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases proposals so just some really good stats there pulling out around proposals so what do you think of this have you have you heard of this tool have you used this tool yes in fact i think i signed up for it maybe about six to twelve months ago and tried it out and i was quite impressed with it so right that was pre-integration with hubspot okay cool so I would definitely love to hear what you have to say, but it looks like it has changed a bit and evolved since I use it. So I might actually go back and try it out again. Give it another go. Yeah. yeah and so you know what? Yeah, I sorry. Think, I think the insight here is, um, is just another way that sales teams can speed up the process and cut out a lot of the busy work. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was, I guess, the, the main way we were heading. It's kind of like we're not... We're not um, promoting this particular tool in particular, but we're promoting the concept of using tools like this to streamline the whole sales process, improve productivity, and that in the end is what sales enablement is all about, being more productive with our time. Excellent. All right, Craig, I think that is it for this episode. That's time. Thank uh, you for joining us. And please leave your comments and uh, tweet us. And so we can can answer some of your questions and challenges that you're having on a weekly basis. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.